Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Welcome into House of Wrestling, everybody. It's me, Nick Hausman. Come on in, take off your shoes, your hat, your coat, because you're wearing coats because it's fall weather now out there in the uh, neighborhood that is uh, House of Wrestling. And we have a great show. We're coming into the living room next to the fireplace, sitting here on the couch today. It's our good friend from Premier Streaming Network, Josh Chernoff. Josh, welcome back into House of Wrestling. Oh, man, it's good to be here. Yeah, it's getting a little chilly these days mm, and i, I think like there'll it, be a though. heat wave next week or something too yeah i i hope not man this is this is why i live in chicago is for this weather right here <laughs> where i can put on like you can see if you're watching like right now oh, this isn't yeah. even a hoodie this is like a hoodless this is the kind of sweater that your uncle wears to thanksgiving and plays football <laughs> in that's what this that's what nice. this if I'm, I'm giving you a very accurate description of this sweater that I'm wearing right now. Nice. Um, yeah. Well, it's that time of year. And I it love is. that time of year. Um, and we got a great show, guys. We're going to get to a lot here today. Jade Cargill, obviously, a big signing at WWE. We got two big shows uh, this coming weekend. WWE NXT No Mercy and AEW Wrestle Dream. Tony Khan had a media call. We had uh, Malachi Black giving us an update on his injury. We got all kinds of news to get to here today. Before we get to any of that, though, I want to remind you, of course, if you're watching this in video form, you're watching us on Premier Streaming Network. Head over to watchonpremier.com. Check out Premier Streaming Network, home to so much great professional wrestling action and podcasts ever growing. You guys I saw on Facebook right now, uh, you can do seven free days. I don't know if I can plug that here or not. Can yeah, I? absolutely. We're still yeah. for the uh, the at least through the month of September, a seven day free trial. Um, nothing to lose. Give it nothing a shot. Check it out. You're going to get everything. You get everything for seven days. Um, so, you know, enjoy that, including uh, uh, the wrestling showcase. If you want to see me get kicked in the face by a uh, giant Samoan, then you get to, you know, go check that out. Um, that's all included as well. So yeah, go in, give it a shot. Watch on premiere.com. Yeah. Seven day free trial right now. Go now. Go. Well, go, go check it out. And, and who doesn't want to watch Josh get kicked in the face? That's basically most, that's 90% the, of my content. The general consensus was everyone wanted to see me get kicked in the face. So I, I mean, that's, I guess I did something right or wrong. Mission accomplished. You yeah. and Frank the Clown, two peas in a pod, right? Man. Oh, that's I don't know if I want to be in that pod. Yeah. But hey, Frank's doing well, love man. Frank the Clown. Yeah. Good. Frank's dude. doing well. I love Frank. Um, well, I did want to call out here at the top before we get into it. This is the last episode of House Arrested on Premiere here for a while. I'm heading off to do a different project here that I think uh, you guys will enjoy. Uh, but it's going to occupy quite a bit of my time. But I have done 53 episodes of House of Wrestling here on Premier Streaming Network. So if you watch, you could watch one a week or more. You could have a two for a week in your future if you dive into the Premier Streaming Network archives. And man, it has been a joy getting to grow uh, House of Wrestling uh, right alongside Premier Streaming Network. Yeah. These last six months, Josh, we both were babies when we got <laughs> into this thing here. And we've both grown into something that 
Like, I feel people know House of Wrestling and Premier Streaming Network a lot better than when we started this whole thing off about six months ago. Absolutely. And I think that's, you know, uh, uh, in part a testament to the relationship that we had here. Um, and it's exciting to see, you know, when when you first came on uh, to Premier Streaming Network, yeah, you were right out of the gate. This is brand new. And we said, hey, we're brand new. You're brand new. Let's, you know, let's try and grow together. So it's I'm super excited to see what's next for you. Um, you know, I, I'm sure we will, you know, be working together down the line uh, again. And yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm excited for it. I think we both really have grown a lot. I think our companies have grown a lot. Uh, people know us now, right? So we're under the microscope. I'm not going too, too far away. So uh, I'll, I'll tease that. But you'll all know soon what's going down, and we'll all be continuing content making and all of that. But we're going to do here today what we do best on House of Wrestling, in House of Wrestling, which is Talk Pro Wrestling News. And uh, like I said, we got it all coming up. If, and if you want to go to houseofwrestling.com, H-A-U-S of wrestling.com, you can find all the news that we talk about here on the show today, plus information about the big Kevin Nash and Sean Waltman show. I'll be doing a Joe's Live Survivor Series weekend, uh, partner with Inside the Ropes on that one. It's going to be a humdinger. So awesome. find all your info there about that, H-A-U-S, houseofwrestling.com. All right, into the news. Jade Cargill is now a member of the WWE. This news broke while I was recording on Tuesday, and I had no idea what to make of it at the time. It caught me very, very off guard. Um, let's get into some of her comments here first, Josh. She, she, her first comments came from the ringer where she said she felt WWE was a no brainer, right? Fit for her. She talked about how she consulted with Cody Rhodes as someone about this move. He was in the top three people that she talked to. She wants to be in the hall of fame. She wants to wrestle top talent. Uh, she wants, uh, which she noted, by the way, she didn't really have a chance to do as much of over at AEW and kind of hinted at. I don't know if you listened to it, but it kind of sounded like she would have liked to have had more of the dream matches, the Britt Baker matches. That a lot of people really would have liked to have seen her in AEW have, you know? Yeah, I think, you know, the first thing that jumped out at me was the way it was announced, the mm. way that her journey. I mean, this was being treated like the star that I, I think we can all agree she's going to become. For WWE, um, you know, if everybody stays healthy and 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 all that good stuff, um, yeah, they're looking at her like this is a massive get, and it was just really interesting. You know, Cody obviously built his name in WWE, went out, did all of his stuff to build it even bigger. Then you know AEW, and it's even bigger, and then he comes back, and it's this massive. Uh, oh my God, I can't believe he came home. Jade Cargill uh, now, while obviously had a following you know, pre AEW uh, outside of wrestling in the wrestling world was really a homegrown AEW star. And the fact that it's being treated in such a massive way uh, of her signing this multi-year deal and everything, they see what I think everybody's kind of seen from the beginning with her, the opportunity for her to be this, this breakout enormous, just superstar, an actual, you know, the WWE superstar. It's a term that's been used forever and ever, but it's that, that difference, you know, you and I have both seen her in person. Um, she's a star. She walks into the room. She's a star. So I think that they see that. And I think that instead of 
bringing her in in this kind of oh maybe nobody really knows who she is they're acknowledging that people know who she is and what i found interesting was that's kind of in essence acknowledging hey everybody knows what aew is and i thought that was kind of right like like opposite of everyone always talked about how if a wcw talent came over to wwf back in the day it was like we wanted to try and water them down and, and show that they weren't as big of a deal because they came from wcw and i think looking at cody and now looking at jade i don't see that same line of thinking as, as what we had back in the day no no it, it you know the way they rolled out the jay cargill announcement has been its own story right mm -hmm. because there's so much subliminal kind of messaging going on here right now like this 3d kind of chess game going on underneath the story because it is about presentation right now it's about showing those talents over an aw look what we can do right. you know like you if you think you've got it good over there is ESPN doing press releases? Are, are you getting 10 million likes or whatever the F it was over on social media in a 24 hour period with all these people talking about you, right? Like we can take you to the next level. And I did speak to somebody at WWE here yesterday that made a really interesting point to me where they were saying how much this feels like WCW to them, where there was a point in WCW where they had all this talent come in, but they also had all these young stars that were really hungry and weren't getting that opportunity. We all know who I'm talking about, right? Like the Jerichos and, and the Benoit's and the Eddie Guerrero's, right? WWE took those talents, those younger talents, over to their side and made them stars, made them world yeah. champions, right? Made them Hall yeah. of Famers. And so this isn't like something new to them. This is kind of like an old play that they're, they're rehashing now in this new era. It's very interesting to watch play out, almost very similarly to how it played out before. Yeah, I just think the the one difference is that they're acknowledging the the star power on a different level, right? So you have yeah. Chris Jericho, let's say when he came in, um could you have seen anything better than interrupting The Rock in 1999, right? Like that is the, he he was brought in obviously they didn't just say, "Hey, here's this new guy no one's ever heard of before." But at the same time they didn't with any of them, even when the radicals showed up, um, it took time and they built them. It feels like with Jade Cargill, she's being presented right now as like, this is the biggest female wrestling star in our future. You know, behold what we are showing you. And that's the one thing that it feels slightly different is that yes. this is, it feels almost on that same way of like, rolling out that red carpet when it's like we signed Logan Paul, right? Like it's, it's that same excitement and the, the hoopla behind it and everything. So, uh, but to me, I think that's fantastic. I, I think she, she, I can see her and, uh, uh, Rhea Ripley. I can see her and Charlotte. I can see. And, and I think that's what she can see too. Right. Yeah. Yep. And you yeah. mentioned before not getting those matches in AEW that she wanted with the top tier. And I think that's because they saw her as let's build her and build her and build her. And I'm not saying that they were wrong to do so, but we didn't get they kept them to they kept them separate. They kept that TBS title, you know, so many thoughts here. Um, I think there's first thing is in regard to like how they rolled them out differently than now. I, you're right. It was different. But I also want to point out how like this is an example of their growth too right if they'd have had the if they'd have had the espn tie right mm -hmm. if they'd have, they'd have had social media which is a thing that right. didn't even exist right when jericho's coming out 
they gave Jericho the best kind of rub that they could at the time, which yeah. is you're right. We're going to pit you with our best guy because that's the best thing they can do to create attention. The 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 formula has changed now, right? Yeah. You know, no, that's like, fair. That's a fair point uh, for sure because it's a different company. Yeah, yeah it, like it's if, very different. I think that the radicals. You might have seen an ESPN or Sports Illustrated story about that, right? Yeah, like I think I think you would have probably seen it. You know, but again, at the time, they're like, all we can do is book. We can book you to look strong because we don't have the kind of cachet outside of the outside of our industry that that they right. do now. Which is why, yeah, you're right. Logan Paul would not have happened 20 years ago. Ronda Rousey probably would not have happened 20 years ago. She's the last female to kind of get this treatment. Um, so that was my first thought. I had many there. Um, the other one was, yeah, I'm th- I'm wondering how Tony Khan really feels about this because you are right that they built her up. They took her also. I think it's what 64 matches she's had, all of them in an AEW ring. They took her from uh, somebody that WWE either passed on or lost the bidding war too. I, I do recall there was a bidding war around her following her WWE tryout. Regardless, they took somebody they'd never wrestled before and, and made a huge investment in them. That person is now leaving. <laughs> and I do wonder how Tony, despite Tony's like, oh, I'm sure she'll be great kind of attitude. Ah, man, it's it, tough. It's, it's That's a rough yeah. loss, man. That's a rough it, loss. It know? is. When, when you put that much time and money and creative and effort into building somebody that I'm sure, you know, in my opinion, at least not to put words in Tony's mouth, but I, I'm sure Tony looked at her and said, this is going to be one of the pillars of our women's division moving forward. This is a homegrown talent that, you know, it, it makes me think almost of like a, like a Wardlow in the sense of like how they mm. took him and built him up and not that he had never wrestled before, but you get kind of the idea when you look at some of these or a Darby Allen or any of these guys that are these uh, or a Sammy Guevara and like, it hurts, right? It, it, it's got to hurt him a little bit. It's got to hurt him personally. But at the same time, if you remove the Tony Khan from the wrestling world and you look at the Tony Khan from the, the football or soccer, however you choose to, <laughs> to acknowledge it, um, right. in that world, in that business world where trades happen, where you know it's a little different. Wrestling's this bizarre little world, this bizarre little bubble but I would hope for Tony's sake that there's that business side of him that looks at it and says, Hey, you know, and then, you know, I'm saying football and, and soccer. I mean, it's literally, it's football and American football and, and, you know, European football. And he's, he deals with this all the time of, of we're going to give a ton of money. We're going to really make, we're going to build a team around this one player and okay. Now the player is negotiating here and chooses to go elsewhere. So I have to imagine he's used to it, but I feel like he takes wrestling more personally than sure. he does other stuff. And maybe that's, that's just my feeling on it, but hey, yeah, I mean, it's gotta hurt. It's gotta hey, hurt. He, he was talking like a little, I mean, he was talking like a mob boss yesterday on <laughs> the, uh, on the call a little bit. I mean, it was very friendly. It came across very friendly when he was like, you know, this is a family company. I'm going right. to par- I'm going to paraphrase Tony Conner. This is a family company over here. We believe in loyalty. We believe in respect and loyalty. I wouldn't, no matter the circumstances, fire a hundred right. employees and let go thirty wrestlers. Right? Loyalty. Right? <laughs> you know, yeah. it, there's there's a certain 
there's a vibe there, right? You know, yeah. he's keeping it tight, you know? Yeah. And I mean, listen, he he's obviously he's taking shots at, at you know, the WWE's merger and, and the, you know, the releases, which is another side of it that I found um, awkward, I guess would be the term, right? Like this one's been released. This one's been released. This one's been released. This one's been released. Hey guys, by the way, look who we just brought in. Like it felt a little like eh, we could have given that another week, you know, like they, they do not care. Like, no, they I, don't. They don't. And, and yeah. listen, and they shouldn't. They don't. And that, yeah. That might not be a popular opinion, but they shouldn't care in that regard because it's a business and the right. business keeps going and the, you know, the world keeps spinning and they should never, I don't think they should ever do anything to intentionally hurt anybody else, but look, they let people go. They made a strategic move for whatever it is. Was it creative? Was it bottom line? Was it who knows? Right. We're, we weren't in the, in the meetings there, but for whatever reason they chose to let people go or not renew their contracts and now chose to bring somebody in for what I would have to imagine is a pretty substantial amount. Right. Um, and yeah, that's going to sting for the people that got released, but at the same time, it keeps on, you know, Hulk Hogan's not on, on top in WWF right now, you know, the, the, and, and once upon a time that was, there was no one in, in the world that was bigger stone cold. There's no one in the world that was bigger. The John Cena now, like it keeps on going. So this is it. They're a business, you know, and all eyes are on them. Now they're part of this new conglomerate. It, it, it's, they shouldn't, have to apologize for it but it was still at the same time a little like thinking about the talent i was kind of looking at it going oh man that that kind of sucks i i just know that i talked to a bunch of people that it, that had been i had talked to i should say a bunch i've talked to a few people that were around uh during the ufc acquisition right after ufc 200 and described it, a bloodbath uh as business-wise people losing their jobs and the yeah. restructuring that went along with that then you just kind of look at the way that they've generally kind of handled their business in the UFC in the in sports world where, you know, again, there's a lot of fighters that are not thrilled with the way they're paid and treated over in UFC and Endeavor land. And so, you know, the care for talent has not always been there. Right. But also the way that the, the company does business in general is very aggressive, very, very aggressive. So if they want to make a bunch of moves out the gate, which I'm sure they've been itching to do because they've all been sitting there for months thinking about it. I, it doesn't surprise me that they're doing them all at once. It does seem it's like an overload, I think, for people to take it all in right. at the same time. But they're going to be where they want to be here pretty soon, you know, I would think, um, yeah. between all the cuts they've made and then bringing people like Jade in. The timing of the announcement of Jade on a Tuesday, kind of like the layoffs or the releases on a Thursday, that's different and weird to me. I don't know. I don't know why they're rolling this stuff out kind of midweek. You know, um, last Friday after the releases felt like a Saturday. Everyone was somber. Nobody wanted to be working. Yeah. And then, traditionally, you do yeah. that on a Friday. Yeah. That kind of gives everybody, you know, let's take a weekend and, and reevaluate. And then, okay, because there's going to be a morale issue with the people who didn't get released. You know, and I'm talking about staff, like not even on air talent. Yeah. I'm talking about the staff. There's going to be, you know, you have your coworkers that even if you're still you're still employed. You're of course grateful for your job, but yeah, that next day showing up at the office has, you know, anyone who's ever worked with someone who, and, and they've lost their job. I mean, that 
there that sucks too. So yeah, a weird time just the timing's weird. And I always look at it and go, like, I'm not in these meetings. I have to imagine that it's more than just, you know, them going, Hey, should we just let let's just let them go today? You know, like there had to have been more thought to it. I, I would um, I would think I would think the thought that went into the to doing it on Thursday is they did the Friday meeting with with everyone that was left. And I say that and sounds very menacing. But, yeah, who, who, the people mm-hmm. that were still there with the company, they got to do their meeting on Friday and then everybody showed up Monday. The whole slate is clean. Right. It's right. just very odd. It's not traditionally done that way. And then J- announcing Jade on a Tuesday morning. Also weird, like not traditionally a time where you I mean, Mondays to start the week usually are like a, a good thing to do. Tuesday's odd. I think it was also interesting that with all the pomp and circumstances about Jade coming in yesterday and getting this new coat of paint, a couple hours later, they're in a Brian Pillman Jr. vignette right. over on over on NXT. And I haven't heard many people talking about how, like, there was kind of a double dose of this yesterday towards AEW land where yeah. they were they were putting new coats of paint on talent that that were former stars there. Yeah. I mean, Brian, he's an interesting one because obviously it, it doesn't have that same feel. He, he never really seemed in AEW like he was destined for something huge. Didn't seem like he necessarily wasn't, but he was never, wasn't like with Jade, like it was never positioned right in that same way. Um, and he's been gone for a while. We've known that he's been gone for a while. We've known that he's been planning to, to, to go to WWE, but yeah, it really does have that look of like almost like they're saying, hey, this is Brian Pillman Jr. We're going to show you how you present Brian Pillman Jr. Yes, um, exactly. Right. Not not a varsity blonde. We've got the archives right. of his dad's matches. They're not even like they're not even trying to play away from it. This isn't like Braun mm-hmm. Breaker where they're like, oh, prove yourself without being a Steiner. Right. They're just going Pillman, which I think is great. Yeah. And, and again, the messaging being sent here. If you're a top star, look what we can do for you. If you're a guy that's kind of on the bubble, that's talented, but that's just kind of feeling a little bit lost, hey, man, look what we're doing for Pillman Jr. It's not quite as big, but it's better than what you got kind of deal. Yeah, I mean, I was talking to... I was talking to somebody, I won't say who it was, because we were just it was just a private conversation we were having, but it's a talent that's out there um, that, you know, has definitely had talks with, with WWE and NXT. And, you know, they kept telling me about how their preference would be to start in NXT. Mm-hmm. And this is someone that I, I'm sure fans would look at and go, oh, man, you know, they're, they're ready. Bring them right up. You know, I want to see them on SmackDown. I want to see them on Raw. Um, and it doesn't mean that they couldn't su- uh, succeed there. But they, like, kind of see enough of what NXT has kind of gone back to now. Because it strayed for a tiny little bit and it was figuring itself out. But what it's gone back to, which is this go there, become a star there, and then have that demand, which is what I think they're doing with Ron Breaker. I think it's it's they're building that demand for when people are finally like, he's got to get up here, just like they did with like Finn Balor back in the day, you know, like it, it, that's an, an example for whatever reason just popped in my head. But so I think that's exciting, too. And you look at some of these AEW stars. And, you know, to go back to everything you're saying, I mean, look, the biggest one that everyone talks about is MJF. Yeah. And I've heard everything from, 
MJF is definitely going to go in, in 2024 to MJF has secretly signed an extension and is not going. I've heard all of these things. I Um, am. I had, I had somebody again, another source recently tell me that there's an internal belief in WWE. that This guy's bullshitting everybody. And is not actually, he's actually under some kind of longer term deal. Yes. I'm glad you say that as well. Yeah. But I also think a lot of that, um, stemmed from that whole situation where he left, where he, you know, went home or whatever and whatever the hell, you know, I, I am until proven otherwise, my personal belief on that is that he got suspended uh, for calling Tony a money mark. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. Yeah. And then, and then in lieu of openly saying that they turned it into an angle because they all realized it'd be better business and Max knew it would be better business and cooler heads prevail. But I, I, I will say all I know is okay. wh- when was that? That was when was that show? That show was on a Sunday. Well, um, he came back at all out when punk. He came back at all out 2022, right? Right, right, right. So it would have um, been that was about a- 60 days before that. Or 90, right. And then like and then some guy asked a question and everybody forgot. Everybody all about forgot it. about Max um, coming back. Yeah. But uh but I no, didn't but, even but ask Matt, the question, by but, the way. But, Punk, Punk that, that, that. That's fair. Um, but uh but so Max came back then, but he um I'm trying to think which event it was. Oh, it was it it was in Vegas, I think, right? Because I, I remember I was there. Yes, it was definitely Vegas. Okay, so I saw him on Friday. I guess it was at Rampage. I saw him backstage um, and, you know, said, hey, whatever. And he was just chatting with people. And I never would have in a million years been like, oh, there's, you know, he looks like he's having issues and, you know, he's not talking to people. He's just there, just having a conversation. Um, And then the next day, was the no show the alleged no show um at the the, oh, the meet fan fest right yeah. and that's when all the rumors and rumors and then i believe it was either that night i think it was sunday i think the pay-per-view was then on a sunday night and he ended up coming out and, and lost to Wardlow and, and yep. that whole thing but that whole time period there i just remember like he wasn't the only one who missed the fan fest. That fan fest was, was incredibly unorganized. Mm-hmm. And so I think it, it, it was, I don't know. There's always been this part of me that looked at that and thought the entire thing was, Oh my God, people started spreading rumors. MJF missed something. And Hey, let's, I, let's have I, some fun with it. I, I, gotta, I, I don't know. That's just me looking at the wrestling business, right? Everything's a work. I, I don't I love- know. I love how we bu- we jump from Pillman Jr. to MJF, and we're basically having right. a Pillman conversation when it comes to MJF. Because right, that's th- that that's what this is. This is a totally. Set. This is a be- This is a this is a blurred uh, storyline, and that's what Max has gotten really good at. Yeah. You know, um, I if I had to have my feet to the fire and was asked about what went down there, I think Max was actually kind of pissed. Um, I had heard there had been miscommunication issues that were breaking down. And I think Max went out there, cut this promo with some things that he that they knew he was going to say. And I think he crossed the line. I heard Tony wasn't happy in Gorilla when he called him a money mark like that. And again, the term suspension is thrown around so much in AEW. Right. Who, what is a suspension? Or who's actually win suspended or what? 
Um, I don't know if he was suspended, but I do believe that he was sent home. I do believe that his wages, I don't know if they were garnished, but there were maybe less merchandise sales or something. Some kind of message was sent to Max during that period where he thought that he was maybe getting a little bigger than his spot. And then on the other side of that, there was, I believe, a negotiation that happened that he got more money and came back happier. And now him and Tony Khan could not be better friends, at least publicly. Yeah, I, you know, I don't know. I, I think all that is absolutely possible. Um, I also think, you know, the nobody knows how to work the fans and the boys and, and all of us in the industry better than MJF. It. Yeah. He so shitster. Yeah. So he loves it. Yeah. Um, but I will say I, and then we'll jump up back to, you know, what your topics, but, okay. um, but, I, but I will say that he, uh, I believe MJF is somebody now that we've seen him for a, a decent amount of time, a run as world champion in AEW. MJF has not even begun to scratch the surface of, of the star that he can be. And I think that he can only reach that success in WWE. So because like, of what WWE is. But a guy like Max, who's ready to roll out of the box, he's main event or he's main roster. With back mm-hmm. to where you were saying earlier about how you were talking to somebody who said, I'd rather begin my career in NXT. Right. Jade is Jade said to ESPN she knows what brand she's gonna be on. And she didn't reveal which brand that was. Is Jade too big for NXT or do you think that her beginning her journey in NXT forming that you know day one feud with I I think about a Tiffany Stratton and how Mm -hmm. perfect those two could be you know you you look at the four horsewomen and the history that goes back to NXT do you think she's too big for that or do you think that that fits into the narrative you'd like to see with a Jade Cargill I think that fits in I think NXT is great and I think that if she because obviously she's going to spend a lot of time at the performance center um, and we've already seen videos of her at the performance center. Um, I ought to me and for whatever it's worth, I would say starter in NXT. Look, you've got Becky Lynch in NXT right now. You know, like it's, it's not like you can't, it's not like NXT is being treated as the developmental solely the developmental. I feel like there's a level of, you know, Hey, this is developmental, but we're mixing it just enough so that you guys know this is real this this matters and i think you bring her in you let her create that dominance because for as much as they're putting it over and people know from aew there is also an enormous audience that does not know her and i think you know and you just look at the numbers of how many people watch one show to the other so i think bring her in let people become familiar with her in nxt and then you know maybe the rumble rolls around and she's she's in the rumble and if she's ready at that point then she's on tv you know but it's but again i say she's on tv but it's not like nxt i mean you know that's there on the usa network it's not like it's it, it's no. a house show so it's it, it's tough to say um presence wise if we're if we're not talking in ring ability presence wise man she's she's been ready months and months to be i've just been blown away by by her as far as her her presence yeah and in ring yeah in ring let's see maybe she's down there right now maybe they're sitting there just because she says she knows where she's going maybe they're sitting there and and deciding right now 
They're having her work and they're saying, okay, are you ready? I, I think it's a different kind of environment because like, let's be realistic. AEW does not have a performance center, right? They don't have a place with right. six rings. They have, they have a relationship with the nightmare factory, right. but, but Cody's part owner of that. Right. So like, we, who knows what that relationship looks like right now? So they don't have some place where they're really sending talent, you know, they're they're back in the days of showing up early for shows and trying to get in the ring literally with Dean Malenko, you know, yep. and trying to or at least I hope to God they're talking to Dean um, over in WWE. Jade Cargill, high level athlete is now going to be five, seven days a week in these rings, in this gym, access to these people who know right. their spot in the pecking order is just to train people where it's not as kind of muddled over at an AEW. I I agree. I think NXT, the more I think about it, is, is probably a better start for her. But it's just going to be such a different environment. And knowing, like, how like hard she pushes, she's crazy, pushes herself yeah. hard on everything. I think she's going to take to this thing like a fish to water in there. I think she's going to grow rapidly in that performance but, center environment. Absolutely. But I think there's another side to it, too. Like, I remember back when I was in OVW, there were guys like, uh, you know, that's when I first met Matt Cardona and uh, Brian Myers, Cody Rhodes, Drew McIntyre, guys like that. And the the reason I name all of them specifically is when I got down there, they were all uh, within either already or within a couple of weeks were all on TV. And Drew obviously was rushed. And we all know how his initial uh, run on TV went before they sent him back down, but perfectly what you meant to yeah. say is his perfect run. Okay. Good. Yeah. No, I'm talking like the, the, uh, I love drew. He is still a friend to this day. It used to be so tough to understand him when he would talk, let alone forget a promo, just talking in the car. But he, I mean, he has grown leaps and bounds, but I'm talking in the beginning with like Dave Taylor and he was coming to the ring before this is even before the chosen one, you sure. know, or the, uh, so, but you had the, the major brothers were up there doing their stuff. Uh, Cody Rhodes was already up doing his stuff with Bob Holly and, and, and things like that. But when they were not at TV or on house shows, they were still down in Louisville. They were still down in OVW attending class and training. The reason I mention that is there is still that option of Jade we're putting you on Raw. We're putting you on SmackDown. But when you're not traveling on Raw and SmackDown, you're in the Performance Center every day. So there right. is still that opportunity because I don't know how they do it nowadays, but I do know, you know, 15 years ago, that is how they were doing it, which was, okay, you're on TV, but there was that time you've gotten called up and then the time where, okay, now you're officially, you can leave Kentucky. You can go, you know, live wherever you want to live now because you don't have to be at the school anymore. Um, well, one guy, one person who got uh, a lot of attention for talking about Jade's jump to WWE was Ricky Starks. Now, he said that he was proud of Jade. Now, the only reason this caught, like, again, a lot of people said a lot of things about Jade, but Ricky Starks, reason his comic gets so much attention is he praised CM Punk a couple weeks ago on Twitter, mm -hmm. and then he praised or allegedly praised CM Punk again on Instagram, but then said his Instagram got hacked and deleted the photo. I don't even, uh, I don't even, I don't, know. <laughs> I don't even know, man. And so then, uh, no, okay, you want to say something? No, I'm just like, I don't like, hmm? I don't know how to hack a, a, an Instagram. So I, I maybe it's easy there. for someone, but like, I don't, I don't know. 
what's weird about it is he got hacked by somebody who seemed to put up something that he believes, right? Right. Like usually you get hacked and they're like, buy these watches, but that's not what happened here. <laughs> no, so, it's like, here's here's like a really nice post saying something kind about somebody that you've already said something kind about. Yeah. So it, right. it's, it's, yeah, I mean, but look, hey, we'll give him the benefit of the doubt. He's, I try. I, I've never, I have in my experiences with him, I have never caught him lying to me directly. Therefore, no. I should have absolutely no reason to believe other anything other than what he says. Right. Sure. But I get what you're saying with now he's praising, you know, congratulating Jade. And no, it goes beyond that, Josh. He praised punk again. He went on Twitter and somebody was like, do you miss Phil? And he's like. Yeah, he was a great rival, and he showed me a lot of respect. And he did that the same, like, within hours of the cargo thing. I mean, so. listen, everybody's got their their feelings on him, you but know? that's and why the Instagram thing is so weird. I'm like, yeah. wow, that's obvious. You still believe what you, anyway. All right, go Which ahead. then makes uh, me say, okay, maybe he was hacked. Because he's sitting there saying, like, hey, I believe all this stuff. But, yeah, no, that one just happened to have not been me. Um, it's so It's so bizarre. What sure. a pointless hack, too, right? Like what, what a, a story. What why a did you go through the time story. to hack someone's Instagram to just put posts out that are completely their belief system? Like, I don't, I don't, I don't get it's it. It's like, I don't know. I, I don't understand this world, but, but it, yeah. <laughs> anyway, so Starks goes, he says he's proud of Jade Cargill and elicits after all of these people's talk about, Oh, you know, wanting to maybe jump or people get upsetting about all these comments or whatever. Kenny Omega puts out this comment today, EVP of AEW. This may be news to a lot of fans out there, but when one wrestler goes from one company to another, we tend to always wish them the best and cheer for them while they embark on their new journey. Genuinely, it's embarrassing and shameful that some fans aren't capable of the same. Now, this follows up on uh, Ricky saying these nice things, Tony saying these nice things. I had somebody say to me that, again, this looks like a coordinated thing where AEW wants to present the image of, we're very happy for Jade, right? Because mm -hmm. any other kind of projection in this moment is probably not a good look for them. And that's a tough pill to swallow right now. Yeah, no, I agree because it's also a great way to counteract the, oh, look what we stole from AEW. For AEW to be like, hey, you know what? Good for her. Happy for you guys to have her. She's great. Good luck, Jade. Right. Um, okay, hey, we're going to go. We got dynamite to do. Like, it, you know, it, it's... I don't again, I don't know. Maybe it's a, a conspiracy theory here that they're that this is all planned out, but it it, it makes sense. I mean, it's much better than look, it's it, it, this is again, this is a thing with wrestling, right? Like I'll give you an, a perfect example. Um somebody forgetting all the 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 silly story stuff, but you know, Matt Cardona is a, a a buddy of mine now. We've worked together for a long time. And when all these releases were happening a number of people were sending me like DMS going like, did Chelsea get released? Mm. And number one, um, like, why would I be like, that's like, we're friends, but Matt Cardona is going to be like, Hey Josh, you need to be the first to know. Like, why would that be a thing? Secondly, I understand. Cause she had put out that hot mess post and that around the time and i think that's when people were like oh my god is she saying she's going back to hot mess she got released or whatever but i kept like looking at going like only in wrestling like in what other scenario would there be a bunch of layoffs and i would reach out to you know friendly acquaintances within the industry and go hey did you get fired like what other industry 
would you do that? Like, you know, and it's something it's weird with pro wrestling that people just assume. I mean, these are those people's jobs. It's their livelihoods. I'm not going to, I wouldn't do that with some of my best friends and just like text them up and be like, Hey, you're, you know, you're not fired. Are you like, it just seems weird. It seems inappropriate. So I don't know. It's a weird, the, the business is, is, uh, the pro wrestling business has always been kind of unique and to, to, you know, put it uh, mildly, but now that like everybody knows, or at least thinks they know, or has this ability to see so much more behind the curtain, I feel like now everybody looks at this as like Jade leaves. Okay. We need to know everything. And I'm not talking about guys like you that actually make a living off of doing this as a reporter. I'm talking about like the fans just, it's like, we need to know everything. Oh my God. Kenny Omega said this. Oh, Ricky Stark said that. And we're all looking for this dirt as opposed to just going, well, there she's a professional wrestler. There's multiple companies. Her contract came up. She obviously went back and forth and negotiated and went to the place that she thought was better for her career. Just like the uh, attorney that works at one law firm and it is courted by another law firm and looks at it and says, Hey, this is probably a pretty decent career move for me. I think I'm going to go to this other law firm. It, there's something about it that with wrestling, I guess, and sports in general, it, it's, it's that entertainment side of it that we all just we want to know everything because we feel so attached to them, I guess. Yeah. Yes. I, 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 I see the point. I think that there's a couple things going on there. First of all, again, social media. Right. It's just so easy to have your questions answered. Um, and for what it's worth, uh, I have no idea how people draw the conclusions, how we get our information. I had somebody reach out to me yesterday. Very long email uh, request for an interview with CM Punk. And I, I hate to tell you. <laughs> I, I can't make that happen. And that was, yeah, but you live bit. in Chicago, right? So you guys very, very best long, friends, very, very long email making their case for why I should set this interview up for them. I'm very sorry. That's not going to happen. Yeah. But uh, the, the insatiable need to know things. It's so much easier now with social media. Right. And I mean, it, the law thing is, yeah, Lee, law is very different, but, you know, you look at sports, you know, you look at trades from team to teams, you know, there's so much that goes into that. Why did these trades happen? How do budgets of these teams affect the way that these trades happen? How do the personalities of these players affect the reason these trades happen? Goes into Hollywood. It unfortunately has bled over into American politics to a degree that I'm no longer comfortable with. Mm -hmm. um, but it is, it's, it's, it's really, it's not just wrestling anymore. It's like wrestling. Yeah. It feels like it's wrestling because we live in that bubble, but you know, I do a lot of time looking at how all these other industries are covered because I'm always trying to find new ed new ways I can cover our industry based off of the way other industries are getting covered. Right. And it's really like getting to a point where there were significant differences, like like even five years ago. Now, kind of everything's getting covered in the same way. And yeah. this kind of intrigue into individuals and like they're the reasons that things are going on really it's kind of rampant man it's just like a, it's a, a sign of the times yeah i guess in my mind i, I guess maybe i'm like uh, i'm i'm projecting from the feeling of when i left my previous job to what i'm doing now there were oh, a couple boy. months well there were a couple months where i was just kind of like we'll see you know i'll you know uh hey i've chosen to leave here you know we'll see what's next down the line because obviously 
I didn't even know at the time what was going to be next. But then while I'm working on this, I wasn't going to tweet out, hey, by the way, guys, I just I just started working on this plan for this new streaming service. Like, you know, but I was constantly getting like questions of like, so what are you doing? Where I'm just like, you know, it put me in an awkward position where I felt like, well, I don't really owe anyone really an explanation of what I'm doing next in my career other than, you know, my wife. Uh, you know, what, like, you know, and talking about what my, my, uh, my personal income situation is going to be. So I, I guess like, I look at that and sometimes I think about the, the talent in like a, you know, these people when they get released. Right. And it's like, oh, they should go there. Um, much like the, Hey Nick, can you set me up with a CM Punk interview? It's just like, everyone's just, oh, this one should go there. This one should go there. It's not necessarily that easy. Like you, just because you were in WWE, that doesn't mean that it's like, oh, they got released. Okay, so they'll go to AEW or oh, okay, they'll go to Impact or they'll go to Japan or they'll do. It's not necessary. So I look at it and it's just like everyone has an opinion. I guess for me, I, I, I always go more towards the let's just kind of chill out and let them because this is still somebody's livelihood. This is, still, you know, this is actually a career for them and. I don't know. I'm rambling at this point, but it's just, no. it's a, you know, you get what I'm saying. Yeah, no, I get what you're saying for sure. And you know, it, it, it is more personal to us. Right. And when I left wrestling Inc, there was a lot of, <laughs> a lot of what's going on with Nick Hausman. Right. Um, so yeah, I get it. I feel that, you know, um, it is- and I want to specify the people who reached out and were like, Hey man, I don't know what's next, but good luck and all that. Or like, and, and even the people who asked like, you know, what are you doing next? I, I don't have any, I appreciate it. I appreciate it. Anybody wanting to know what I'm going to do or wishing me well and whatever it is I'm going to do. But it was, I can imagine if that was my experience. And then I look at these people who are just so much larger in the public eye um, by, you know, infinitely larger than I am in the public eye. It, I look at it and I go, man, that's got to be unbearable for these people who are, just trying to catch their breath, you know, and go, Oh, I just lost my job. Like what's, what's next. So I, I don't know. I, I yeah, you gotta, you gotta give time. You gotta give people time to process things, yeah. you know, um, just be respectful, everybody. Um, and on that note, um, this is it guys. Uh, what a weird meta note to leave it on. <laughs> You'll know more about where I'm doing next year. Very yeah. soon. I promise you. Hey um, Nick, what and- are you, what are you I'll doing you, next after this? I got to wait and put something out soon. But um, before we leave, Josh is turning 40 uh, as we speak. This is not just this is a significant way in so many things. I couldn't end the show without wishing you a happy 40th birthday, Josh. How does it feel to be entering your 40s? Man, weird. You know, I was telling someone the other day, I always thought that when I turned 40, I would be I would feel like a grown up. Instead, I feel like I'm 20 with a grown-up's responsibilities. Does that um, suck? I feel the same way. Right? Like I, that sucks so much. I hate yeah. that. So and it's and I have a body that feels 40 years. I talked about the thing at the wrestling showcase for those, you know, who didn't uh. see it. Um, Jacob, I did a thing with Cardona um and accidentally hit him with a belt, turned around, Jacob Fatu uh kicked me, and I I took the first bump I've taken in 15 years. And muscle memory kicked in and we didn't rehearse. We didn't do anything like that. I mean, I had bumped for, for a decade. I know what I'm doing. And it was, it was, it was perfect. I turned in, took the kick, 
took my bump and it was great. But my body was like, it's been 15 years, dude, you are not in your twenties anymore. What the hell were you thinking? And I hit that ground and I hit that mat and was just like, oh man, yeah, no, this feels different than it did 15 years ago. So it's little things like that, you know, where you start to go, oh man, I got like a, I guess I have a 40 year old body now. I have to take care of myself differently than I did before. Um, but no, man, it feels good. I feel, you know, I'm very, very fortunate. I look at this past decade and, you know, really the past five years, even, you know, when I, when I turned 30, nowhere in my mind did I imagine that I would be where I am now and would have experienced the things that I experienced, uh, professionally and personally. Um, my thirties were, uh, uh, you know, I think like a lot of people our age, you know, there, there was, uh, as they say, the best of times and the worst of times, you know, there's, I, we, you know, we all experienced a lot of loss throughout various times, you know, in the last few years, but, you know, I had a lot of, uh, uh, lost family members, but at the same time I had three children, I got married, I, you know, uh, not in that order. Um, and, uh, but even if it wasn't you know, that order, and, which is cool. Hey, whatever. That's, Fine. you know, that's yeah. your journey. Um, but no, so I look at it and I go like, it, it's been personally and professionally, uh, with the challenges that have happened, of course there are challenges, but this has been the best decade of my life. And I am damn determined to make my forties even better. Uh, and that's, that's how I feel right now. Well, as someone who's about 16 months away from turning 40 myself, <laughs> I'm so happy to hear your optimism yep. because, uh, having been diagnosed with arthritis of the spine, I officially feel like the oldest person on earth most days. Um, yep. <laughs> Josh, where can people go to support you? Where do you want to send people here, uh, at the end of the show? Just go check out watchonpremiere.com, that seven-day free trial. Um, give it a shot. Again, you have absolutely nothing to lose uh, but the time when you go into the rabbit hole of the incredible content and curated libraries that we have at Premiere. Um, follow us at Watch on Premiere on, uh, I believe it's X, um, and uh, Premiere Streaming Network um, on, uh, on Instagram and Facebook. Um, I'm at so says Chernoff across the board. Um, so follow me. I'll like put pictures of my ties. Um, lots of ties. Um, Do you keep them all? You keep them all. Uh, so when I left my previous uh employment, um, I had all these ties. I was like, well, I'm not gonna wear these anymore. They have logos and everything. Um, so I actually sold almost all of them. The only ones that I uh, that had the that had the logo on it. Um, the only ones that I kept were from the first, uh, job that I did with that company. Um, because I didn't, you know, leave with, you know, anger and everything. It was just, I just knew I'm not going to wear this, you know? So, um, and then I kept, so I kept the stuff from the first job that I did there and I kept, uh, the one that was turned into the action figure. Um, oh. the, the tie that's featured on the action figure. So I have that mm. as well, but yeah, the other ones I've sold, I sold a couple, um, some of the stuff I did with major pod, uh, some of I, I've sold some of the ties that I wore at like hosting their events and stuff, uh, to some of their the major marks there as they call themselves. And, uh, but for the most part, yeah, I have an, a, a, 
an inappropriate amount of ties. Um, oh man, I can't get rid. Of, I, I'm just I'm shocked because I can't get rid of any of that stuff, man. I'm just like I, a hoarder with like all of my. I am too. Ticket stubs and T-shirts and I, everything. I am too. I looked at this outfit that I wore at the wrestling showcase. This white, uh, this all white suit with like bedazzled whatever says wrestling showcase. It was it was awesome. I loved wearing it but I wouldn't wear it to a future wrestling showcase because I did it already. Mm. But now I'm looking at it going, well, what the hell am I doing with this? Right. Mm. But I don't want to sell it because I want to keep it. Shadow so, box yeah. it. Shadow box it. Yeah, I can. I do have some in my office. I have some of my, my old gear shadow box. So I frame everything. I, 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 I just keep it. I have boxes. We're moving yeah. soon into a space. that's bigger and I'll have room for more of my boxes. There you go. Thank, thank God. It's yeah, that's all I boxes. need. I need to, I need to move out of here and buy a house with an entire wing of closets. Well, that's it. That's all. Man. Yeah. I'll tell you more off the air about where I'm going. I don't want to let these people know on this show. All right. Uh-oh. With that, <laughs> with that. We're calling it a day here. You can find me over at Joe's Live Rosemont on November 25th, uh, noon central time. Meet Kevin Nash, Sean Waldman. Head over to Joe's Live Rosemont.com. Get your ticket. Limited early bird VIPs left. I think we have less than 20 of those left if you want to go snag one of those. I'm at Nick underscore Hausman over on Twitter. Grab your shirt. Grab your coat. Grab your hat. Grab whatever you came in here and took off. Put it back on. Get on out the door. And remember, you're welcome back anytime. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com podcast. Easier said, done.